When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. You're listening to the best of the Tom Bernard Show.com brought to you by Bradshaw and Bryant. Who, me? <laughs> Well, I'd like to know if I was married to a whore piece of shit. (laughs) You could just look at her license. My special stripe. That was amazing. Oh my gosh. Coming by sweet corn, potatoes, onions, pickles. It's not how you use them, sir. (laughs) It's really sickening that anybody would be into radio this much. It is ungoddamn believable. I think I'm going to hell. I just realized it. Thank you, Tom. You're just delicious. <laughs> We're here today with Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant. Michael, what's going on? You know, we keep getting phone calls, and it's interesting because people try to handle a lot of stuff on their own, or they try to talk to the adjusters, or they wait, um, and they think maybe it'll cost them money if they talk to me. And, you know, we tell them it's free to talk to us. Um, I go through what their rights are, and you know we try to help them as best we can. We don't sign everyone up. Sometimes I just give them advice, and they go from there, and then call us back later. But the key is, is that they don't know all their rights, or they're not told all the rights by the adjuster. And that's one of the things we try to make sure that they get, you know, they get that understanding, uh, so they can help themselves and their families as best they can. And the number is is eight hundred seven seven zero seven zero zero eight. Or at the website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Brad, Sean, Bryant, Michael Bryant, thank you. Seeking justice for the injured, Brad, Sean, Bryant. Another episode of the Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast brought to you as always by Bradshaw and Bryant. Kicking off the show this week, we didn't have any episodes, so so we had to go back into the vault. We're going all the way back to episode number 311 with Geraldo Rivera on the ticket. I'm rocking off, man. Pure sports talk on the Tom Bernard Show. Sports Radio 105, the ticket. We are back, ladies and gentlemen, thetombernardshow.com on Sports Radio 105, the ticket. Mike and Bob and Ben sticking around. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good thing. Dom has already been schmoozing with Geraldo on the phone because, you know, these news guys, these news guys are all the same. No question about it. Our very special guest, Geraldo Rivera. Good evening, sir. Hey, Tom. How you doing? No, we go way back. That's why. You and Don? Yeah, we're comparing, uh, you know, gray hairs. <laughs> no comparison here. Mine's now white, the whole head. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, mine is Lady Clairol. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, you know, whatever. Well, thank you so much for doing this because uh, obviously uh, sports uh, means so much to Minnesota right now because our baseball team was terrible, our football team is terrible. And, uh, you know, other than that, though, Geraldo, everything's great. Well, I, I can definitely relate. Don't you guys uh, play the Giants tonight? Yep, that's tonight. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually uh, in New York, right? Uh, yes, the game's in New York. Yeah, I'm looking, I'm looking at Giant Stadium. I have an apartment, uh, Erica and Zoe, my eight-year-old is jumping rope in the background. 
we are uh, we look over Central Park, and we're looking right at Giant Stadium now in the distance over in uh, the Meadowlands in New Jersey. So, was... I don't know. Between these two teams, well, they have one victory. Yeah, <laughs> one victory. <laughs> it's, it's not Fran Tarkington. <laughs> no, I will tell Bob and Mike and Ben this, though. While we were on hold, while Geraldo was on hold waiting to go on the air, he was doing this count, and you could hear this child in the background. He's just going, one. Two, three, and it sounded like he was making to do like one arm push ups. We, we live such exciting lives. <laughs> well, it is exciting. You said eight years old? She's eight. She's yeah. my, uh, the youngest of my five. She is uh, uh, eight years old. That's It is very special and it is very exciting. No and, why, and why I'm still working, right. <laughs> they're well. still sweet at that age. Enjoy it. Yes, they're still sweet. Yeah, yeah definitely are. Definitely are. No, we really, uh, you know, in, in terms of uh, the, the debut of the show and all that, I mean, this has really been a rough year for Minnesota and for New York. Oh, you know, it's all about Boston and St. Louis and in baseball and in, and in football. How about Kansas City? I mean, who would have figured Kansas City? Unbelievable. You know what that is, though, in my opinion, Geraldo, and, and Mike, as a former uh, NFL player, and Bob and Don and every, Catherine and everybody else. What's that? <laughs> my, she, she went from jump rope to piano. I just oh, okay. <laughs> right, Mike, she can do whatever she wants to do. This is, this is a very... It's a very uh, easygoing show. It's not a problem. Okay, I like that. But but I think, Geraldo. Well, you, you were saying, I'm sorry. Oh, I just saying, that in my opinion, and, and everybody else can jump in, Alex Smith is not a great quarterback, but he does what he's told, and he play, the plays, the way they're designed, that's how he runs them, and I think that's why he's had success. I, I think I think you're exactly right. I think Andy Reid has found a way to finally harness this guy and understand what he really does best is he, he can manage a game. I mean, he can give your team a chance to win a game by not making mistakes. The defense is that good. They've got a good running back. They've got a couple good wide receivers, and now they're finally starting to make it happen. And by the way, their offensive line, they've really, really upgraded their offensive line. So yeah. he gets some protection as well. But he's a good decision maker. He's not really the guy that's going to make every throw and, and heroics down the field. It's not, he's not that kind of guy, but he'll play safe for you. No, I, guess well, I, I think that Andy Reid is, uh, you know, when you, when you look at what he has done and, and, and with, with a, a franchise that had a very defeatist attitude, my goodness, I mean, you got to give credit to the coach. I mean, I mean of course, you, you can't do. Andy without I agree. I think he's changed the entire culture down there uh, in Kansas City uh, for the Hunt family. Uh, that's been just a – they've accepted losing as much as uh, the Patriots have, have found a way to win and, and have learned to win. Uh, the Chiefs have been just the opposite. So Reed brought in a different attitude, and they've bu- they've bought into him. Well, you know, I I certainly wish I owned one of these franchises. <laughs> I don't know what I did wrong along the way, but uh, maybe Shelby will tell you. Yeah, Shelby, uh, tell us. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we worked for salaries. That was that was a mistake. That was the worst thing. Working for salaries? Yeah. I think it would be a good thing. I mean, you know. Oh, yeah, well, salaries are better than, uh, than, the, than, than nothing. But. Well, you, you both told the truth, I think. That was a, that was a good thing I, from watching you over the years. You, Don Shelby and Geraldo Rivera, you just. Uh, Don was talking by coincidence because Don did not know you were going to be on a couple of weeks ago. I just told him, as a matter of fact, just a couple of days ago you were going to be on. But Don was going on and on and on. You're. As my mother would say, your ears were probably burning about the job you did with the uh, mentally, uh, let's say mentally challenged. In, in New York. How, how many years yeah, ago at was the, that? At the hospital. Was the, at the hospital. Was the, one of the best well, pieces, you know, one of the first pieces of investigative reporting anybody's ever seen. 40 years ago. Really. Yeah. 40 what? Years ago, it was 40 we, years ago. We, we exposed the first institution, but it's, it's still something that really is a very central part of my life. You know, uh, I mean, first of all, it's so rare that you have... Uh, uh, you know, where media can really do good. I mean, media tends to make noise and, uh, you know, point fingers, but to, to actually get involved in exposing the grimness of those institutions and, and then to develop what was an alternative, these small community-based residences for the developmentally disabled, we used to call them the mentally retarded, mentally challenged. Right, right. Uh, you know, it's really, it's, uh, it's changed the way the, the nation and the whole enlightened part of the world deals with uh, people. I mean, it's just, it's, it's one of the few great victories, uh, you know, in, in my long and checkered career uh, to be able to say, you know, you know we did something that, that, that worked here, and, you know, obviously you got to stay on it. But uh, it, 
it's something that I, I hope that instead of putting, you know, he got his nose broken in a brawl with the skinheads or he opened Al Capone's vault, I hope people, you know, when, when my run is over, that they remember that. That's I'll right. remember yeah. that. I'll yeah. remember that more yeah. than uh, anything that uh, you ever did. Um, and I was going to ask you, have you ever, uh, in your long history, these 40 years, ever did anything more important um, with anything uh, approaching the, the grand solution that you provided? Because not only did you expose, you provided the solution. And it was a, a, not only a great piece of journalism, but it was a great piece of public policy, which is a marriage that's uh, far too lacking today. Well, you know, it's a, it's a, a great and, and difficult question. I, I just want to, let me just go back to, you know, because I am in, in Manhattan right now, to what happened on September 11th. I mean, that was, uh, you know, it was so gut-wrenching. And, uh, you know, at that time, my older children were in school in, uh, on the other side of the river in, in New Jersey at a, a place called Rumson Country Day. That's where Bruce Springsteen yeah. and John Bon Jovi's children also attended. And... As fate would have it, many of the uh, families from Cantor Fitzgerald, uh, you know, the big uh, investment company, lived in Monmouth County, and it turned out that the county in that area had the highest Middletown, uh, the, the community that I lived in at the time, and, and that Springsteen and, and John Bon Jovi lived in. We had the highest percentage of loss. We had lost six dads in the elementary school, so I left. Uh, to make a long story short and why I'm, why I'm talking about it, I left uh, a pretty cushy anchor job at CNBC, Rivera Live, doing the Simpson case and a lot of those legal cases, and became the Fox News senior war correspondent for the last 12 years. And I have to say that being with the GIs in extremists, I mean, in Afghanistan, first, you know, the dozen long assignments I had there, and then uh, in Iraq, and then weaving into that, uh, Somalia and all those other... Uh, you know, uh, crap holes in the middle. But being with the GIs and telling their story and, you know, conveying the stress that they were under and that they, they suffer when they come back and what their families are enduring, uh, you know, I, I'm pretty proud of that, too, and the relationships that I've forged over the, the past dozen years in, in that regard. So, uh, you know, uh, I, I think of, you know, some of the, the best friends I have in life now, you know, it's... Uh, it's amazing, uh, you know, guys I started, uh, they were captains or lieutenants when I started out, and now they're, uh, you know, generals, uh, one's uh, vice chief of staff of the United States Army, Ray Odiano is, is the chief of staff of the United States Army, you know, to see these guys, and the men and women, uh, what they've suffered and what they've sacrificed, it's been, it's been something that I, I cherish personally, I, I hope they, they, you know, I hear, you know, I have pictures on my wall of me and guys that are dead now, chopper was shot down three weeks later or one thing or another and i i just think that as we you know in in our emotions and in our minds america's already uh, we've already evolved past even though we're still in afghanistan we're still losing people you know in our minds we're already the wars are behind us and we think about what the hell that was all about uh but uh you know the being with the, the gis and telling their story that's uh, that's an important important aspect spinning off of that uh, Geraldo, I, I just happened to watch um Newt Rockney of Knut Rockney of Notre Dame the other night with uh, uh, just uh, what a 1940 Pat O'Brien Pat O'Brien 1943 yeah, sure. and he was testifying before a panel who was investigating uh, college sports and he had something that he said and and this I think uh, kind of works into what you're saying because of the arc of your career uh, getting into uh, military coverage and war coverage as a war correspondent. He said that football um, answers a, a primitive need of uh, young people uh, for combat, and that the reason we do not have in America the uh, great coups and the great wars uh, within our borders is because we provide them an outlet of college sports and professional sports. Um, I had never looked at it that way, that there was some... Uh, sort of in intuitive uh, part of us that needs to compete, that other places that don't have these outlets end up fighting each other. Uh, well, let's, do you, let's do you see, do you see a parallel? Football. I, I, I mean, it, it certainly could be. It is war. I mean, there's no doubt there's war. I mean, Adrian Peterson is this, uh, you know, he's a general in his own right. Uh, you know, uh, but, you know, it's just interesting. You mentioned New Rockney. I've been thinking about New Rockney. 
why? Because he went to Fordham here in, in New York, up in the Bronx at the school where they did away with football in the 50s. They brought it back in the, uh, in the 70s, and now they're 8-0. They just uh, trounced Yale. They play a lot of, you know, Colonial League and Ivy League up here in the Northeast. Uh, and, you know, so people are excited about a college football team here in New York City for the first time in, in, in living memory. But going back to what you said about Newt Rockman, I mean, it, you know, working at Fox News, the two people that they, I, I think the whole building is based on, is, uh, number one is Ronald Reagan and his presidency and everything that he stood for. And the other is Newt Rockman and, uh, you know, that whole, uh, you know, how he was so firm in his, in his love of his country and his uh, extolling uh, young people to go out there and, and to fight that, uh, you know, that, uh, that that football, that, that pseudo-warfare, as you described, I think, very uh, accurately. And, and, you know, I, I, I played ball. I was a co-captain of my high school team. I was too small for college. I played soccer goalie instead and lacrosse. But, uh, you know, I, it certainly served me. And my kids, uh, both my sons, uh, you know, two boys, my oldest two of my five are uh, uh, you know, boys, they, they both played, uh, both played high school football, and I, I think that it served them both in good stead. I, you know, I know that there's a lot of concern about concussions and all that, uh, and people, and parents should so, certainly be concerned about that, but I, I think if there's no, first of all, it keeps them doing something that's, uh, that's righteous and, and basically good for them. It's a great thing in terms of competition, uh, the, uh, you know, how, how people, Put their hearts into it. How it molds uh, so many characters. I, I think it's. I think it's, I think it's great. I'm. I. I w- I'm all for for sports. My daughter just made the sailing team at Northwestern. I just moved here in Chicago. I'm all. I'm all for it. Anyway. Right, Geraldo, you have one more segment in here. Do you have to get going? I'm good. I'm good. Listen to that music. That'd be very like serious it. sports music, don't you think, Geraldo? That is cool. That's very sports like. Ben Holson, our fine producer, back in studio. Would you be Studio A, Ben? Uh, I'm sure. Yep. We're, in, we're in a remote studio. We're in a different building. You're completely. in a bunker. Yes, we're in a bunker <laughs> down the road. location. So, two things I, I have to mention. Necessary. Who hasn't had their nose broken by a skinhead? <laughs> so that's that's statement number one but I, I have to tell you very and again Geraldo I found this to be very funny it was just an interesting day for me you would certainly not remember this we've never met but many years ago I would say probably 1999 when did Jesse get elected 98 mm-hmm. Jesse Ventura became the governor of the state of Minnesota and Jesse and I used to be friends but then Kind of drifted apart because, uh, what for whatever reasons, he went his way and I went my way and didn't agree on everything. But you were interviewing him one night about probably 13, 14 years ago. And he started complaining to you about me. <laughs> it was hilarious. So I'll tell you how this whole the whole thing worked out. So he's going... And there's a local morning show here in Minnesota that uh, they're just really unbelievable, the things that they do on there. And he, he went on and on and on to you, and you were looking at him like, I have no idea what you're talking about, first of all. <laughs> but you were being very polite, and you looked at him. But every news station in town lifted your last word about me, because, again, you and I have never met. You had no idea what he was talking about. You were just being polite to him. But so he closed out. And the only you saying this is that was the only part they played on the local news over and over again. So Jesse went. So that's what they were doing. And there was a pause, and you looked in the camera and said, "Despicable." <laughs> I, mean, I got a couple of things to say. Number number one, I, I I sort of remember that, but I interviewed Jesse like last week. You know, I, I still am friends with Jesse. Sure. Uh, and uh, you know, you do the best Jesse I've heard aside from Jesse. <laughs> Thank you. But it was I, my mother, who was a fan of yours. She's no longer with us, but she said. Tom, I'm, I'm watching the news tonight, and Geraldo keeps calling you despicable over and over again. <laughs> hey, Geraldo, you say you're still uh, close with Jesse, and and uh, many of us uh, have gotten Aren't. to know him over the years. <laughs> now, but I have a question to you, as journalist to journalist. When he comes out with a book, 
when he has a show called Conspiracy Theory, basically. And, and he comes out with a book that says, They Killed Our President. Yeah. And I know that you have done vast amounts of research on this subject. Um, when you talk to Jesse, whether on the air or off, do you ever say, You're crazier in hell? <laughs> Well, you know, in terms of the conspiracy book, you're, you're right that I, I totally believe that uh, Lee Harvey Oswald acting alone killed the uh, the 35th president of the United States. I, I have in my own mind no doubt about it. And when Jesse was on pushing the conspiracy, just like his TV show, everything is a stretch, and they, uh, you know, they find uh, you know a nuance here or a wrinkle here, or this guy didn't wear his jacket that day, or uh, you know one uh, one straw man after another. Uh, you know, I kind of have no real patience for it, but Jesse is a little different because he goes back. You know, I knew him when he was a wrestler. Then I knew him when he was governor. Then I knew him when he was an exile living in uh, in Baja, California, uh, you know, where I guess he still has a place. Mm-hmm. And then uh, now in this new mode as, uh, you know, as the conspiracy doctor for the country. And it's almost like it's the same audience. It's still the wrestling audience in the right. sense, uh, following him. Oh, very and, nice. Uh, you know, I, and it's just like I don't want to say, you know, wrestling's not real, you know, and then uh, have him slam me the way that other <laughs> wrestlers slam John Stoffel. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I love Jesse. He's an American original. He's, uh, he's always been very kind to me, even when he was in office. And, you know, he's, he's, he's so, you know, it's like, and, and, and don't take this the wrong way, but I think that only Minnesota could have given birth to someone as idiosyncratic as Jesse. No as impossible to uh, typecast as Jesse. Uh, you know, when you you think about all of the history and how you, you know, you could, uh, you know, uh, spawn, uh, you know, a Michelle Bachman and a Hubert Humphrey, and you go back to all the, you know, all of the disparate characters that you've had. And Paul Wellstone. Uh, oh, oh, right, exactly, over the years. Uh, you know, it's uh, only, it's a, a very unique place. We've had lots of friends in the Twin Cities. I remember I was there not so long ago with that really fit mayor in the Twin Cities, uh, and we went uh, uh, uh you know, uh, skiing together, right? uh, snow, uh, co- uh, cross-country skiing in the parks around the Twin Cities. That was a lot of fun. And then I was there for the big uh, bridge glass. I tried oh, yeah. bridge, bridge glass and yeah. how stoic everybody was in dealing with that tragedy. It was, a, you know, it's a, it's a great town you live in. I The winters kind of suck, but... Uh, <laughs> really? <laughs> I, yes. No, but a great sports tradition, and, uh, you know, people can really become very successful in their own, in their own right. And in terms of Jesse, you know, being a, a kind of an odd ball myself we kind of flocked together and i i think ted i mean just uh, insofar as his pointing you out i think that you should take that as a you know as this emblem of pride that uh, he definitely <laughs> noticed what you were saying about him Geraldo, i will tell you very quickly when when he first ran for the mayor of brooklyn park which was probably 1992 Two. maybe yeah somewhere back 1992 jesse and i were, were were pretty good friends at that time and he said, Tom, would you, uh, why don't you do me a favor and come on out and introduce me to the crowd, and then I'll just answer some questions. I said, okay, well, that, that sounds good. So I get up there, and I say, ladies and gentlemen, I do my whole speech. And then I say, ladies and gentlemen, the next mayor of Brooklyn Park, Jesse Ventura. And I said, first question. And the first question was, while we're standing here in the clubhouse of a public golf course that was very, very, very expensive, what do you think about that, Mr. Ventura? And he replied, we should have never bought it. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, I just endorsed a guy who says bought (laughs) it. Okay, let me bridge out of this one here. Well, like I said, he's kind of an American original. And uh, good job, Geraldo. That was wonderful. This is how a guy keeps a job. That's exactly right. See what I'm saying? That's exactly right. We've had some good times. Oh, there's no question about that. We totally agree on a lot of uh, libertarian issues. Let me just leave it at that. And we, were, we were talking earlier today to a, a man called Robert Blizzard about the fact that there was a, a poll, the Esquire NBC News poll, uh, and there you can take the poll actually yourself. And I took I took the, people will not come out on the scale from from uh, conservative to liberal where they think they're going to come out. I think most people see themselves leaning one way or the other. But would you also agree? You've been covering this for forever, forty years now. That 
America tends to be much more in the center than it's given credit for. This is a center-right country. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. This is a center-right country. And, uh, you know, as, as crazy as the Tea Party is, there's a lot of virtues that they extol that, uh, you know, could be adopted. I mean, Ted Cruz uh, made that big splash not by accident. He did it because he had a, you know, significant constituency. 25% of the people at least believe as he believes. And if you're going to ask me, I'd say it's kind of like a tick or two to the left of center. But uh, yeah. not, not so much. I mean, I was, like I said, the war correspondent and... I backed George Bush. I voted for George Bush in 2004, not the first time. I voted for Al Gore the first time, but mm-hmm. I voted for Bush in 2004 because I didn't want to change horses in, in midstream, you know, in the middle of the Iraq war, which was going to go badly at that time. Then I voted for uh, Barack Obama in 08, and then again in 12. And, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's disappointed me a, a great deal. And I, I still think that, you know, I mean, he screwed up the launch of Obamacare terribly. You know, I don't want to get too much into the no, no, I understand. Sports job, but, you know, it's, uh, uh, you know, so he's disappointed because I, I do, I do think that, and that's why we're talking about Minnesota. It, 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 it's, a, it's a state that is a purple state in, in the best way. When you can go, when you find someone you like, you embrace them, you, you stick with them, and then the, you know, someone from the other party comes along, and you know, you're not entrenched in the way like New York is so solidly. New York, California, so solidly blue. You get the older states around you, and in the middle there, they, they tend to be red. But Minnesota is refreshing. It's competitive. I mean, anybody, Jesse, anybody could do it there. Hey, Haroldo, do me a favor. Go toward that window that overlooks Central Park and <laughs> the Meadowlands because we're starting to get a little breakup on your cell phone. If you could move over. Uh, okay, get, I'm, out, I'm out on the patio now. Now you sound there. a lot better. Okay, hey, listen, Bob. Right. Don't move. Um, you, uh, you mentioned concussions in football, and I wanted to ask you about League of Denial uh, by Frontline, uh, which the uh, NFL pulled out of. They were going to be co-sponsors of a look, a serious look at concussions, and then League of Denial was left uh, just to be a, a public broadcasting uh, and the corporation uh, to pay for the uh, documentary made quite a, a little bit of a splash. Uh, Minnesota attorneys handled the bulk of the uh, litigation, and uh, the settlement with the uh, NFL uh, was a substantial number, but divided up among so many different individuals who uh, qualified in the class, uh, really was just a drop in the bucket for the amount of injury that they suffered. Uh, talk to me about League of Denial and about the NFL's concussion responsibility. Well, let me let me. Go. I mentioned I was co-captain of the football team in in my high school in uh, suburban New York in West Babylon on Long Island. I, I went back there. I got the key to the town of Babylon uh, not so long ago. So I and it was football season. I went uh, in the locker room to say hi to the guys. I swear to God, it, uh, as in Minnesota, the linemen weighed. 210, I'm talking about high, high school sophomores, yeah. high school juniors. Uh, the running backs were a solid 180. Uh, you know, it, it, when I, I was, I weighed 165. I weighed 140, 145 in high school. And I, I was not, you know, that malnourished or anything compared to my, my colleagues. Linemen in my day were 170. You know, uh, 180 was a very big person. You know, so part of it is the, you know, we've just, Evolved. The people that play the sport are so huge, and the torque is so. And, and these new, the new equipment. I think the new helmets. Uh, you know. Uh, so let me get to your question. To the essence of your question, it is impossible that people did not see the. In the same way we see post-traumatic stress in war, that people didn't see the the post-traumatic physical and and neurological disabilities from the violent game of football. So to answer your question specifically, I I think the league has enormous responsibility, and every parent has to grapple with that issue of whether your son plays or whether he's engaged. Tiki Barber's a good friend of mine, you know, the former Giant. Mm -hmm. His brother was a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Tiki was a New York Giant for so long. Uh, he says he wouldn't let his teenager play. I, I, I get that. I, I don't agree with it necessarily. But, uh, you know, we choose this sport. We love this sport. When you look at uh, ice hockey and uh, you guys love it, you see the way they get slammed around. Uh, you, you know, it, it's, uh, we have to take the, the downside with the upside. But whether or not there's a 
but a total assumption of the risk, as we lawyers say. I, I think that the NFL and the league of denial and all, all, all of that, the, the river denial that he's talking about, that's all true, and they have to bear, they, they make so much money, they've got to share some of that wealth with the people who've been busted up. Uh, but I don't want it to lead to an outlaw in the football. I wish there was a way, you know, I think in some ways, the, the bigger the player and the bigger the equipment, the more dangerous they are. But I, I don't know how to deal with it. I, I don't want to be fun playing around here, but I, I do think the NFL has awesome, profound responsibility to anyone who's ever played the game there. I think you're absolutely right. Geraldo, thank you very much for your time tonight. It was great having you on. Well, Please. Good luck with the new one, man. Uh, I'm delighted that uh, you're, uh, you're in the, the, this, uh, the, the big ticket here. And, uh, great seeing uh, Mr. Shelby there, too. And uh, so, and we'll see. Let, let the best team win, although I'm, <laughs> in some ways it's kind of a hapless exercise as I can't my glance over at the Giant Stadium. I understand that. Well, please come back soon. It was great having you on, sir. All right. Thanks. Bye, Geraldo. Geraldo Rivera, ladies and gentlemen, talking about, uh, I wanted him to sing Under the Sea, as long as the phone was doing that anyway. Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast. The seaweed is always greener in somebody else's lake. That was Geraldo Rivera on the best of. Coming up next, we didn't do the sound before, closing out the show. We're opening up the... Oh, we're going all the way back to no, it's easy, you know, big name guest. It's actually titled No Guest Monday, episode 316. Just kind of a snippet capturing the day to day glory of the podcast. Next. <laughs> Uh, Mark Rosen is gracing the cover of the October issue of St. Louis Park Community Magazine. Sorry, Rosie, we're laughing with you. Actually, no, we're laughing at you. The St. Louis Park Community Newspaper. Com- magazine. Community Magazine. Magazine. Community mm-hmm. Magazine. Why does it need to exist? <laughs> How many people live in St. Louis Park? Actually, quite a few. Yeah, it's a first-tier suburb, and there's a lot like, of people there. Forty thousand people, fifty thousand at the most. Yeah, I'm sure. It <clears throat> and he's is forty-five thousand. There you go. See, yeah. right there. So forty-five thousand people. Going, the fuck is this? <laughs> and, and they're free. <laughs> Probably. You know, oh, yeah, they're at Byerly's. You know, the Byerly's in St. Louis Park. It's got to be a bad scene when they call up and say, would you stop my subscription, please? No, it's free. What can you stop delivering? Keeping up at the JCC, the Byerly's, and the Y. Yeah, those are the three places you can pick it up. And Beak's Pizza. You can get one, get one at Beak's, too. Stan loves Beak's Pizza. Oh, it's great pizza. They do a good job. Um, Bo Siegel, my old roommate, used to deliver pizza for them when he was a teenager. Really? You know Bo. I do know Bo. I didn't know about the Beaks. This has nothing to do with Bo Siegel, but it just happens he was my only roommate at the time. Is Bo Siegel related to Cliff Siegel? Yeah, it's his younger brother. Oh, okay. So this is not Bo Siegel I'm talking about, but it was my roommate. I only had one roommate, Bo Siegel, (laughs) but it's not Bo Siegel. (laughs) Toots comes over to the house once when I was living with Bo Siegel over in Kenwood. Yes. He's working for for her Asylum Records, Electra Asylum, and I'm working for Capitol Records. So neither one of us ever left the house. We just sat there because there's another, you know, Bob Seger record coming out. Oh, there's another Linda Ronstadt Eagles record coming out. Cakewalk job. It was a cakewalk job. It was wonderful. But Toots comes over, and she said, I said, Mom, would you like a bottle of water or something? Well, I, yes, I'll just grab it. She opens the refrigerator and comes back and says, why do you have so much oregano in your crisp? <laughs> I said, what? You, got, you must have about five pounds of oregano in your crisp. You didn't even think enough to stash the pot when was your mom mine? came over? I didn't know it was in there. It wasn't mine. It wasn't, wasn't Bo's either. It was someone else's. I don't know whose it I'm was. I'm not on Bo. Somebody came in at night and put five pounds of weed in our refrigerator. <laughs> and my mother saw it, and we got rid of it immediately. Well, so I would know better. kind of did that to us. Yeah, they did down Remember? in Florida. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We found yeah. a bag of weed in the freezer. In the yeah. freezer when we moved in. I thought it was a welcome <laughs> gift. You thought we had it. You thought it was ours. I Alex did. and mine. No, mom. Mom thought it was yours and Alex's. Yeah. Well, I smoked yeah. it. Was great shit. Thank you. <laughs> 
I would imagine freezing it would kind of ruin it, wouldn't it? Shouldn't. No? It's no, I don't think dry, it's just dried weed. This honestly got this bale. Literally. Because then I went and looked, obviously. It was a bale. It was like a it bale. It was a key. It was so a key. So he was selling yeah, it. I'm sure it was you like were dealers. That's how he was living. There we go. I didn't even smoke pot. Your father was a drug dealer. Didn't you smoke pot and then you had like a panic attack and had to sit outside by a tree for like three hours? (laughs) This is just after I met your mother. That's true. Didn't you tell me that? (laughs) How would you get a panic attack from pot? That happens to some people. When you think you're oh, not coming down. stuff. Yeah, you uh, think you're not going to come down. You, uh, you think you're going to be stuck I didn't think that you would in get this position. Like, I heard like that high. there was like a slamming in my head over and over again. So that's why I want to try it again. It, exploding you know. head syndrome? <laughs> What's exploding, exploding head, head syndrome? Yeah. It's called. Yes, it was. Sounds it is, terrible, yeah. and that's why I've never smoked pot. But I don't want to smoke pot. That's the whole thing. I don't want to keep the crap <laughs> you eat around. It? You want edibles? Yeah. yeah, like a lollipop they got, apparently. <laughs> They got lollipops. They got like, uh, but it's not legal in Minnesota in any form, is it? No. Why not? Well, they'll change. Minnesota likes its laws. I can't imagine it would taste very good. No. Law enforcement is generally opposed to any form of legalization of marijuana, even for personal consumption. Right. Now it's a it's it's illegal, but it's a it has at least been turned into a misdemeanor ticket form in simple possession. It's not even a felony anymore. No, for simple possession. You have to be uh, possession with intent to distribute yeah. to. Yeah, but see, the problem the... is that I would ship in a bunch of cookies and brownies, and then they'd bust <laughs> you'd have me too for, many. Yeah, they'd bust me for shipping drugs over state lines. So you'd have to have like a standing yeah. order of four cookies a day. They would just every day. Is that what po- it takes? The postman would. See, I know nothing about and, pot. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah. Mike, you're probably a pothead. The one time I ever tried it was in the brownie form, okay. and the girl who made it in college, she screwed up. She was supposed to make two batches. She had a mountain of weed for two batches. She put it all in one batch oh. and left the other Double unaffected. Potency. So then I had f- like four of those. Four of the unaffected ones or four of the affected ones? The affected ones, and I was... That was the only time I've ever tried pot. See, so, somebody told me that I they I had a brownie, and then they told me, oh, oh, oh it's a pot brownie, and absolutely nothing happened to me. Oh. So it's just crappy pot, sure? or no? Seriously, I just like always. Hey, nothing's happening. <laughs> I know. I was like, well, I'm not high, so I don't understand. Do you know who Brendan Walsh is? The comedian Brendan Walsh. Yes, I do. He's on like World's Dumbest. He's got red hair and a, well, kind of brownish red hair and a beard. Very, very. He's very funny. Apparently, he was telling a friend of mine about... He's, he's got from a, Canada, isn't he? Well, I don't know. He lives in L.A. now because he's an actor and a comedian. <laughs> he's from Canada. But he's got a marijuana card, a you know, California marijuana card. And apparently, they deliver to you wherever you are. He's from Philadelphia. He's from yeah. Philadelphia? When, I'm off. When you call them, they'll bring it... Like, if we call, if we were in California right now, <laughs> I could call them and say, Hey, I need uh, uh, two marijuana brownies and four cookies. They would actually deliver it over to you. Hmm. But he's telling my friend this story. Would you? Is there any way we can show? Oh, the TV's not on. Never mind. I could turn it on. You got to see Brendan Walsh's face in order for this story to be really good. Because it's it's okay, but looking at him when you hear the story. Oh, he's got it. How long will it take to put his picture up? Well, you know what? Let me read this, and he can put his picture up in the meeting. Just like any picture of him. Yeah, any picture of Brendan Walsh is funny. Very funny guy. So you think about starting a new website, maybe you have a new small business idea, want to sell something online, or maybe you want to show off your photography, maybe you just want to start that new podcast, GoDaddy's offering OneNewerTransfer.com for just $1.99 for the first year. Each new.com comes with a free instant page website and built-in photo album, so what are you waiting for? Get your website started today. Go to GoDaddy.com, enter code word Barnard, that's B-A-R-N-A-R-D. GoDaddy.com, enter code word Barnard, B-A-R-N-A-R-D. A portion of the profits of the Tom Bernard Show goes directly to the Smile Network. The Smile Network is a nonprofit organization, provides life-altering reconstructive surgeries and related health care services to impoverished children and young adults in developing countries. The Smile Network, together we are constructing lives one bright, smiling face at a time. At a time. Well, that didn't work out very well. There it is. <laughs> there he is right there. Why is it so That's well, a really bad. That's a terrible it's not, picture. It is a terrible picture, but it's a perfect pi- no, picture for this story. Much, I mean... They all kind of look like that. That looks better. No, that kind of that looks more like, like him That's than Brendan that crazy right one. There. Yes. Oh, good, Andy, bring it up. So can the listeners see Why that? Why is it so small? What the hell? Can the listeners see it? Uh, no. 
All right, well, you can you can look at his Oh, I know why. It's not that great a story, actually, but just look at his picture. No, no. It will add to the story. So Brendan Walsh is telling a friend of mine he's got this card, and he, he says, and the great thing about it is they'll deliver it to you anywhere you are. You could be like, you know, um... <laughs> <laughs> Just stop oh talking. <laughs> Look at him and just picture him when he just he just talked and all of a sudden he could have delivered scaring. where. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Stops talking. Oh my gosh. <laughs> really? Wow. <laughs> he had one of the best lines in the history of the world's dumbest. There were these two friends fighting because on World's Dumbest, which was on True TV, they play these videos and they comment on them. Judy right. Gold, who was just mm-hmm. with us, she's yes. one of the commenters. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have tons of people on the show that have been on World's Dumbest, but <laughs> there were these two friends who were fighting. <laughs> and their third friend is standing, and he's had enough of seeing these two friends fight because they're really good friends. And, just, and he keeps yelling, Stop, stop. And then he actually steps into the camera frame. And he's such a guido. He's wearing a tank top and a fedora. <laughs> right? <laughs> Brendan Walsh says when this guy steps out, he put, gets between the two guys. He's wearing the fedora with the tank top. And Brendan Walsh says, hey, 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 everything's going to be fine. Detective Tube Top is here. <laughs> 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 Detective Tube Top. Or Tank Top, excuse me. Detective Tank Top is here. So everything will be just fine. Don't worry. Oh, God. Are we supposed to call somebody? Uh, no, he's going to be calling us, I thought. Five. Is he calling us? Or seven. Are we calling him? Is the ringer on? Uh, uh, yeah, that's one thing. Is the so issue. Mike's busy talking about his pot stories. The guy's calling in. Pot stories. We've got no... No clue what's Ringer happening. On I just right. love the idea that yeah, he's probably been trying gonna to be call okay. in. Been <laughs> Detective okay. Tank Top is here. I can just see. I can just see it. The 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 explosion and the crash of the Hindenburg behind him. And there's a cop walking out, going, "Move along. Nothing to see here." <laughs> Well, everything's going to be okay. Detective Tank Top nothing is here. Nothing to see here. I mean, can you imagine? Well, what the hell? What do you mean there's nothing to see here? The guy's name is Detective Tank Top. <laughs> I hope everybody else thinks it's that funny. What is that? What, what's that buzz? Is that you? Oh, it's mom. Mm. It's mom upsetting the apple cart. So anyway, on the stage, get back to the TV show for the fifth time, or the eighth time, or whatever. Um... So what we're going to do is, like, film this thing. I wonder if we should show that, like, put it up on YouTube or something. Show what? What oh, do you think about real? that, Don? What? When we get the real done, should we show it to people first, or should we just put it up on YouTube and then show well, I think that's something to talk to Bo about. I think that's a good marketing strategy. Strategy, Get it up and let people see and comment. Yeah, yeah. but since we don't have absolute uh, ownership of it, we can't really just... Do that. We do no, have no, no. It, you said that like, the be, publishing company has partial ownership. No, 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 no. We we will own it. That's why we're no, doing it this way. Funded, funded through this, and so the ownership will, will rest here. Yeah, that's why I wanted to do it that way. Because you know they they're going to do it, but I said, well, I'll just pay for it because then we'll own it. We can do whatever we yeah, want. We definitely want to own everything. I would say. I'm going to call Brendan Walsh and see if it we can call the show us. Detective Tank. <laughs> It'll make no sense at all, but it will be funny. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I haven't gotten an email from you about this, so I about guess what? he must be calling in. The uh, It says where? Call where in TBS. Oh, God, did you? I didn't talk. No, I couldn't have talked to you guys about it. I'll text. Yesterday, yeah, I'm sitting around, My nothing going on. Die. I'm just hanging around the house. So I figured, ah, oh, you know what? I haven't seen a movie in a long time. I'll watch a movie. <laughs> I talked to the family about this last night but i watched this is the end the most unfunny piece of shit in the history of movies I've it's heard not really funny, bad things about it not at all funny and it has all these big stars in it like james franco's in it i find that an all-star cast is a negative indicator probably is. like the expendables yeah yeah come on the reason i watch yeah. it is because jay baruchel's in it and i really like jay baruchel people he, liked it 84% on Rotten Tomatoes. 84%. What? Now, do they give you demos on that? 
Because we were no, guessing that the demo kidding. would be 15 years of age male. That's exactly what I – I mean, based on this guest list, then, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Every joke is either dick, tits, a vagina, a butthole. Just like that one. Every joke. <laughs> Just like the game show you were talking about. <laughs> the funniest every, thing I've ever heard you say. Exactly. No one every is 15 years old. Well, there is no way. comedians, yeah. you know, go to. That's the default. There's yeah. no way this wasn't marketed directly toward teenage boys. Oh, you're looking at it now? I'm 100% certain. Well, that's why I watch it because it got an 84 on the tomato meter, and usually they're not wrong. But do they, uh, I don't know about that. Do they break out demos on there? No, not even. Kind well, of. see, that's the whole problem because if it's a, if it's a bunch of young boys, then I guess they would think that's funny. It, it was not funny at all. I mean, I sat there the whole. I watched it for forty five minutes and then just bailed. I said I can't watch anymore. Well, that movie Ted was the same way for yeah. me. Ted sounds. I tried to watch horrendous. Ted. It was just horrible. Once again, teenage really boy bad. movie. Seth MacFarlane stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but. It's so sad that you go to you would sit around on a Sunday afternoon. You're just relaxing. You know, slept late. Everything's great. Everything's really good. You know, watch a nice movie. Terrible. Catherine and Alex and I watched a film that remember Plus One when uh, oh who who do we have on from that movie again? Megan uh, oh, Fox. Megan. Megan Mullally Megan or whatever. No. Not Megan Mullally. No. Her name is. Why do you say these things and then I can't ever think but of the real name? But the movie was really boring. That movie is called Plus. Megan Hayes. Megan yes. Hayes. I want to see a movie though. I'm going to go see Redford. It all is lost. Um, it's a full feature length movie. Has only one actor. Robert Redford. Robert Redford. <clears throat> okay. And no dialogue. Not a word is spoken. The whole movie. In the whole movie, not a word is spoken. And they're already saying just give the Academy Award to this show. Well, how can they if nobody talks? Because uh, it's all in what happens, and and you do see him write from time to time. He's on he a sailboat. Talks. He's on a sailboat. Oh, and the okay. sailboat gets in trouble. So there's no one to talk to. There's no one to talk to, and it's and how he tries to survive, and under what circumstances he tries to survive. Uh, he is completely alone, and so it's just it's, it's. They say it is one of the most amazing performances. One writer, one critic, said Robert Redford had to wait until he was 77 years old, or how mm-hmm. old he is, 77 mm-hmm. years old, right. to uh, perform his greatest feat okay. of acting ever. Well, and that was the argument we had, that no actors use their facial expressions any longer, their body language, right. they don't use it. They just stand there and look pretty. Yeah. I had Danny Glover on, on a radio show once, and, I, and, and to do this on radio, you know, you had to bring the, the listening audience yeah. to picture Danny Glover. And I said something to him, kind of like one of those uh, Paul McCartney moments. I said, uh, uh, Mr. Glover, uh, oh. the one thing that I'd that I've noticed about your acting, and I said, and I am a fan, is that you do more acting with your eyes Mm -hmm. than most actors do with their entire physical body and their voice. Right. And he just stopped. He just... And I thought, did I mess him up somewhere? And he went, he went, he said, I "I am so thankful that you recognize that. Oh, yeah. That is... That is uh, that is an, an extremely big compliment for me, because if you just watch Danny Glover's eyes, um, you know you know the whole story. Yeah, you know I the agree. whole story of his personality as they change. And I just I just love uh, watching people act that who can do who can really act with their whole being. <clears throat> and speaking of change, apparently Larry is no longer with Lawyers.com. As of very recently. As of today? So he won't be on. Nice booking, honey. <laughs> I didn't do it. You got him fired? Way to go. You got him fired, I don't know honey. if he quit or what, but yeah. I okay, be, you I'll know just... what? He's still a lawyer. Call that number and see oh, yeah. the answer. Let me be a lawyer. I mean, if he let wants be to lawyer. be on, then well, yeah, not I guess. Well, he's not going to want to be on because he's not going to say he got, he just... Well, we don't have to talk about Ask me a question. I'm the lawyer. I'm the lawyer. That's, That's true. You're the lawyer. How are you feeling today? Depends. What the fuck is the deal with Halloween? <laughs> Have you ever used the word? And <laughs> <laughs> I not today, but you have. But you have. I just heard you. Who called you, Andy? Uh, that was Janet. Oh. Yeah. Oh, well, Janet just called to say that he. It's Janae. 
It is not. There was a, he, did he has separation anxiety. Or Janet, our guest booker, she just uh, she's been running around looking, and then all of a sudden, his publicity guy calls her and says he's oh, yeah. not on Lawyers.com anymore. Oh, poor guy. Well, there it is. And I have a feeling he won't separation. be answering his phone. Yeah, he's not going to answer. His I phone. wouldn't. There's no way he's going to answer his phone. Well, I don't know. Well, it we, must we, have been a shakeup at Lawyers.com. No, but I think the, the reason I want to talk about that is because. We're talking about Halloween, <laughs> mm-hmm. and we're talking about the changes in this litigious society right. that have overcome this uh, once uh, scary, fun uh, holiday scary, that people fun. celebrate. Fun. Uh, and it all started, I think, uh, I first noticed it with my children when they would have the uh, dress-up for school. Mm-hmm. Halloween party. And they were still called Halloween parties at that time. Now they don't call them that because you can't say All Hallowed's Eve. Uh, so Because it's religious. It's religious. Yeah. So now they call it a harvest deal. Are you yeah, kidding no, serious, me? Serious. No. Serious. Uh, serious. What the uh, hell? Yeah, so so schools, schools, some choose to uh, abrogate the rule, but most uh, abide by it for fear of being sued hmm. by yeah. those people who uh, think that it's you're celebrating religion when it's really pagan origin, but then even that's considered a religion. So my kids, uh, a letter came home and said... I am shitting you not. It said, <laughs> the dear, said dear parent, we are having a Halloween or harvest uh, festival, and all of the children will come to school in costume. No scary costumes, please. Right. No scary costumes, right. Could mm-hmm. not wear... We- it's fucking Halloween. Exactly. No, I agree with you. It's sad. It's about I, well, monsters. Is it, is it's it, about is ghosts it, is and shit. Is a kid with a sheet over them? Is that Yes, scary? that's a ghost. That's, that's scary. scary. Oh, no. That's scary? That, that's Super really scary. Is, you know, you're talking about the paranormal. Well, we had a costume contest at my high school, and the guy who won was Hannibal Lecter, so. <laughs> well, there you go. I guess well, ours didn't care so much. Although, where did, did you go to school in St. Peter? <laughs> I'm kidding. We did have a uh, we like, did what? have a school, a middle school that banned Halloween for a different reason. Yep. Well, because yeah. it was it brings it out was, demons. Brings out it was demons. the devil's holiday. They put out their Christmas tree to ward off the demons mm-hmm. on Halloween. Their, our kids were at that school for what two weeks? A month. <laughs> it wasn't yeah, very long. How After they said was. we don't do Halloween here because it brings out demons. Okay, here we go. And goodbye. And you're yeah. done. in the vault to make this thing work on another episode of the best of the tom bernard podcast brought to you by brad john bryant great clips this week from Geraldo rivera and a classic don shelby conversation thanks for listening everybody and we will see you next week